welcome to this week's Heathcliff. My name is Dave. This is a podcast where I describe and analyze uh, the Heathcliff comics uh, for every week for reasons that are unclear even to me. Um, I've had tinnitus in my right ear for about a week, week and a half now. It's um, it came on suddenly, and it's not a constant tone, as tinnitus often is. It's sort of like a, more like a, 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 a random freaking out high-pitched noise um, that uh, comes and goes. Sort of like what I imagine it would be like for a robot if, um, you know, how like, when robots are like breaking down, they're always um, uh, pictured sparking from the neck uh, as they try to shamble along in their brokenness. Um, I imagine it's sort of like what that robot hears, um, which is to say disconcerting. Um, but it's not anything more than that. I don't have a fever. I don't have like any signs of your infection or anything more dangerous than that. So it'll probably go away. Um, and it's probably honestly related to stress. So, um, because the body is, uh, great at, um, making stress worse for itself, you know, like when you're stressed out, your body's like, not like, oh, well, my response to this should be to um, unclench all my muscles and lie down someplace dark and think warm thoughts. The body's response instead is to be like, oh, I'm going to twitch everywhere and have my stomach go crazy and I'll poop weird Um and uh, it'll all be very disconcerting. Oh, and your ear's going to freak out, by the way, and you'll get a headache. Um, so let's, yeah, let's add a bunch of stress to the stress, says the body. Uh, this is somehow an evolutionary survival skill. Um, anyway, point of this is to say that I've taken the weekend and just been inside all weekend um, in an effort to relax, wind down, take a bunch of baths drink a couple glasses of wine, and uh, sort of unwind. Uh, but it was a very upsetting weekend. Um, uh, and it's been a very, you know, upsetting time in, in the country over the past few years. Um, for a number of reasons. Um, and I think that's true no matter what side, and I put side very heavily in quotes there, I think that's true no matter what side of the political divide you happen to be on. I, I, I don't get the sense that um, Trump superfans are happy people. Um, they seem like very angry people a lot of the time. Um uh, but I'm not one of them, so I couldn't say for sure, and I don't intend to speak for them, because why would I do that? Um, instead, I'll just say that, like, 
it's been a really tough time lately. And um, this weekend was especially bad. Um, uh, it, it capped off a week where someone sent mail bombs. They've since caught him to um, a bunch of um, popular Democrats. And um, then someone else uh, walked into a synagogue in Pittsburgh and killed 11 people. It's weird to talk about this on a podcast about Heathcliff, but um, it's weird to talk about anything on a podcast about Heathcliff. It's weird to have a podcast about Heathcliff. Anyway, I was home this weekend. My wife was away. I was sort of trying to unwind, but couldn't, you know, um, and I kept coming back to a conversation I had with a friend of mine and about, you know, a few days ago about whether or not, um, it makes sense to unplug from the news and how to do that. And, uh, he, he was telling me this in the context of he was trying to do that and I do not, I have not tried to do that. I've tried to, you know, curate um, the sources I use of news, but I think it's important to be plugged in. And a couple days after I had that conversation with my friend, I read an uh, an essay um, uh, where the author, uh, and unfortunately that essay is probably lost to... um, my uh, my ability to recover it, but I read an essay where the author um, spoke to a bunch of eth- eth- ethicists, which is a terribly difficult word to, to pronounce. She spoke to these ethicists about um, whether or not it is um, ethical to not pay attention to the news. And, and one of the ethicists said something that really stuck with me, which is uh, something along the lines of if someone is suffering, if a human being is suffering, you have a moral obligation to know about it. I thought that was really interesting. And it's interesting in part because we're all on one level or not suffering. Like our bodies no matter how wealthy we are, no matter how privileged we are, and I am an extremely privileged human being, we are all um, collapsing towards death, and our bodies are all falling apart as we age. Um, We are all losing loved ones. We are all walking a difficult path. So the baseline is kind of to suffer, right? With that in mind, how how do you how do you start to figure out, well, what's the suffering I pay attention to? Obviously, they're the edge cases. They're very the very extreme cases of suffering, and those are um, easily attended to in the news. like they're they're brought to your attention. But are they ones that your knowledge of them can do anything about? 
And what are you meant to do with the knowledge of suffering of others? Some argue that because of suffering is so extraordinary and widespread, knowing about um, a great deal of it or be, being attentive to a great deal of it becomes a full-time job and becomes stifling to your ability to um, do anything about it. But I somewhat reject that argument because, look, I spent this weekend wanting to feel good and instead feeling bad. You know, I had planned a, a nice relaxing weekend for myself. Instead, somebody did a thing and it made me feel bad and learning about it made me feel bad. Good! It was a very bad thing. I should feel bad that it happened. We should all feel bad. We should all feel great sadness that this sort of thing still occurs, that people are still this way, that we haven't figured this out. I think people tend to aggregate feeling bad with being hurt, which are not the same thing. Emotion is only hurtful if it is not inspiring towards action, towards positive action. Um, if it inspires negative action or um, paralysis, then of course emotion is bad. But feeling sad that somebody did something as horrible as they did in Pittsburgh, it's not, it's not bad to feel that way. It's not harmful to feel that way. It is intensely logical. And hopefully it is that sadness that spurs some sort of positive action on the part of the feeler of the sadness. I don't think you get that by withdrawing. But on the other hand, withdrawing doesn't mean that you can't do positive things. And of course, there's the, um, there's the question of your sources and what your, what, you know, does being, quote, informed by Fox News or CNN or MSNBC, or any cable news, does that, does that um, actually lead to an informed person who's actualized? I would argue not. I certainly don't, don't pay attention to cable news. Um, I, I, like I said, I curate my sources as carefully as I can and try to put um, a heavy stock in their incentive to tell me the truth as they see it, while understanding that they are also human beings with biases and um, flaws. It's all complicated. But I think, ultimately, if you can, you should pay attention.
that it is true that we have a moral obligation to each other, to pay attention to each other, to see each other as we suffer, and to try and find ways to alleviate that suffering if we can. And that means you have a moral obligation as well to care for yourself. So if you need to take a break in order to care for yourself, of course do that. And if you need to, I don't know, um, if, you need, if you need to just do good works without knowing the specifics behind what's happening, that is also you know, understandable because unfortunately knowing the specifics will just contextualize you to a history where this sort of thing has happened quite a bit. And I don't have a great deal of answers about what should be done. But maybe you start at sadness on the path to answers. I freely admit it's a very weird gear shift now to try and analyze Heathcliff comics for the for the week gone by. It's one I'm going to try to do because I also think, you know, we should keep doing the things we've been doing. Um, but I didn't want to I didn't want to do it just without acknowledging the world. This is, I don't, I don't have anything necessarily that's hasn't been said before about the world. And I don't have anything necessarily that is insightful to the world to say, but oh, here we are, you know, this is, this is, the world and it contains all these things including Heathcliff and I think that's that's important to say something about even even with the acknowledgement that it's an odd uh, odd thing to do anyway the following is the Heathcliff panel for Monday October 22nd 2018 Heathcliff is sitting in a tree. It's on a lawn. In the background, we can see one of the brutalist suburban buildings that's receding into the distance. There's a white picket fence. It's one of two trees on the lawn. The other is much taller and contains the two bluebirds that watch and comment upon Heathcliff. Heathcliff is smaller um, and its position centers Heathcliff himself in the center of the panel. He's sitting on a branch of the tree. Um, the tree's sort of like leaf bulb, as it were, is only a couple times larger than Heathcliff. So he's probably like four feet off the ground. He's seated. His eyes are heavily lidded. His hands are... his front paws, I should say, are on his rear knees. He looks relaxed. Below him, on the lawn itself, are three small dogs. They're probably chihuahuas. 
They're all brown. They each have a red collar. Um, they're all vibrating. You can to the point that they are actually pictured as being as hovering, um, and they look furious. You can't actually see their expressions because they are um, faced away from us towards Heathcliff, but we can tell that they are angry and um, they are barking and furiously. And the one bluebird is saying to the other bluebird, he got saplinged. Which is, I suppose, a way of saying treed. You know, you tree a cat or, or a squirrel if you're a dog. Um, and then you, you hang around at the base of the tree barking your head off until you get distracted and go away. And then the animal in question comes down. Uh, in this case, because Heathcliff is in a small tree... And faced with small dogs, I assume he can be in a small tree. He got saplinged. He only needed to run up a, up the small sapling. And the birds comment upon that in their way. So, there's that. Let's move on. To the comic for... Tuesday, October 23rd, 2018. We're in the city. It's night. There's... It's a really oddly drawn cityscape in the background. There's a bunch of rectangular city buildings. One has a water tower on it. One has a pointy top. Um, and... They're all kind of behind the curve of the earth in that we don't, like, in, in front of them is a gray expanse that stands in for the street, but we don't see where the street meets the buildings. Instead, a line comes in cutting off the street, and in fact, the people who are viewing what is happening in the foreground, the people in the background who are commenting upon it, they're standing behind that line. We can't see their feet. They're, they're receding behind the curve of the earth, which is behind, which is where the buildings are also. Um, I've noted in the past that Heathcliff must live on a very, very small version of earth for it to curve so dramatically. In the top left corner is the... Uh, other main signifier of night in the Heathcliff verse, the moon, the yellow moon with a small chunk cut out of it that is somehow in front of a black cloud. I don't know why I look at that and I see night, but I do, which is weird because how can the moon be in front of a cloud? And yet there it is. As to the foreground, what's happening is we ha I don't think we've spoken about this particular setup of Heathcliff's uh, of Heathcliff in, in, in this comic yet, but it is a recurring setup. Um, Heathcliff has a car, uh, a superhero vehicle almost. It is it's a cat car, 
Um, the front grill has sort of a, a Cheshire cat's grin um, and a nose. And uh, then the eyes are the, the lights. And then on the, on the hood of the car are two small um, triangles that look like ears. And the rest of the car looks pretty normal. It's red, except that it has, instead of, like, um, uh, a passenger compartment, one of those, like, it has one of those future bubbles, you know, the um, the old style, the old Batmobile had one of those, too. Like, this is just a dome bubble. Um, and Heathcliff is seated in that domish bubble uh, driving the car. He's wearing dark glasses, which is weird. Um... I, I guess that's part of his superhero costume, maybe. But it's nighttime, so I'm not sure what he's doing there. He's chasing another car. It's uh, a mouse's version of that, except it doesn't look like a mouse. It, uh, seated in it is a mouse. It is smaller. Um, it is red. But um, the center of it is yellow, and it's wedge-shaped. So it kind of looks like a brick of cheese that a mouse is driving. And indeed, uh, the two people standing behind the curve of the earth viewing this, uh, there's a man and a woman. Man's wearing a red shirt, blue pants. Woman's wearing uh, a purplish power woman's suit. Um, The man is saying to the woman... Gouda is one of the faster cheeses. Pretty traditional Heathcliff punchline where multiple insane things have had to lead to this point. A cat is driving, a cat has built a car, a a mouse is driving, a mouse has built a car out of evidently cheese which leads me to question, what is Heathcliff's cat car built out of? Did he make a car out of a large cat? Um, and then they have somehow crossed paths and gotten into a car chase through the city. Where are the police in all of this? There are so many questions that naturally one um, one would throw into this uh, 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 stew but um, the people in the Heathcliff universe, they don't ask those questions. Instead, they comment on uh, one of the least important aspects of this, um, namely that Gouda is a fast cheese. Not, not sure why, but there you have it. So, moving on to Wednesday, October 24th. 2018 we're back in the suburb suburbs back on the on the sidewalk walking down the street uh got the usual setup of birds in the tree observing heathcliff brutalist buildings in the background um nothing behind them the universe just stops fluffy cloud in the sky heathcliff walking down the street he's got lidded eyes He's looking relaxed and but, but ready to go. And walking with him is his robot. We've mentioned his robot in the past. It's a large gray robot. Stands about three Heathcliffs tall. Um, 
flat expression, articulated joints, uh, antenna on its head. It looks like a robot. Both the robot and Heathcliff are wearing bibs. Heathcliff's bib is purple and has a yellow fish on it. The robot's bib is pinkish and has a red oil can on it that has the word oil written on it, in case you didn't get that it was an oil can. The birds observe the scene from their tree, and one comments to the other, Lunchtime! A question to you, and to me, and to the world. Have you ever watched two people walking down the street, maybe even people watching, and thought to yourself, bet they're going to lunch? I don't think I've ever done that. And I, I can't imagine, like, even, even people, like, of fantastic importance, whose every movement would matter. You know, like, say you see... Um, uh, the Pope and uh, the President walking down the street, you know, and they're clearly going to lunch. Would the lunch part of it be what you commented on? Or would you be like, there's the Pope and the President uh, going to lunch, wonder what they're going to talk about at lunch? Or what do these guys have in common? Uh, you know, like, why is lunchtime, aside from the bibs, which could stand in for any sort of, like, signifier that these guys were about to go eating. Why is the fact that they're going to lunch the important part of this as opposed to, say, these two figures that are important in our universe are together and uh, uh, going to meet up? And why... Why is lunchtime a punchline? Because if you remove the caption from this panel, and it's just a robot and a cat, and they're both wearing bibs walking by a tree with birds in it, The bird saying lunchtime doesn't really add anything of importance to the comic. I, I don't know why they would. But let's move on to the comic for October 25th, 2018. Hmm. We're still on the suburban street. The perspective is now extremely warped. We're we're sort of viewing it from ant's eye perspective, maybe slightly slightly above that. Maybe like we're a foot off the street level. Um usual suburban signifiers, the buildings that are gray, the trees mixed in, the whatever the odd, <clears throat> abrupt curve of the earth. In the center of the panel are 
two brown creatures. I think they're meant to be squirrels. They have big bushy tails. They're standing on their hind legs. Squirrels can do that. They have enormous noses, which squirrels don't have. And, uh, which is the confusing point for me, but let's say they're squirrels. So they're standing, they're on the sidewalk, and they're watching a black cat go by. It is a jet black cat. It's all black. And it's crossed in front of them. They're, they're facing sort of away from us in three-quarter, so we can see their left eyes, you know, and, and the fact that they have enormous noses. Falling into the panel from above is Heathcliff. Uh, his arms are raised. His legs are back. His tail is back. His back is to us. And from his position, vis-a-vis uh, -vis the squirrel's position, vis-a-vis -vis the cat's position, it's not clear who he's meant to be about to attack. He, he, it is clear he's meant to be about to attack somebody. One would assume being that he's Heathcliff, it would be the squirrels. Um, because, you know, Heathcliff is brutal to small creatures. But it could be the cat or just about anything else. Let's say it's the squirrels, though. That seems to make the most amount of sense. One squirrel is speaking to the other, and they're attention is fixed on the black cat. And one squirrel is saying to the other, that's supposed to be bad luck. So, putting it together, the black cat has crossed their path, and they've stopped, and are looking at it, and they're like, wow, that's supposed to be bad luck. And then Heathcliff is about his mere moments from falling upon them, and presumably rending them asunder. Um, brutally. So you could say, well, yes, it is bad luck. That makes sense. Um, you could also say, um, if your theory is that Heathcliff's about to attack the, um, the cat, well, bad luck for the cat, but the upshot is Heathcliff's appearance is bad luck. And a black cat has gone by. And may, it's also unclear why the black cat isn't assaulting the squirrels, if indeed the squirrels are the subject of assault for cats, which small rodents typically are. Um, also unclear why, why not draw mice? Mice are a common character here. Squirrels, not so much. Maybe Gallagher's trying to expand his character palette, but it doesn't... There's, a, there's much... There's, this one's really not clear to me. I, 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 I don't know. If you got ideas, you know, I, I leave my email at the end of every one of these, so write me and, and tell me what you think. For now, let's move on to the comic for Friday... October 26th, 2018. Hmm. It's 
It's a weird one. We're in the burbs. I think the backyard. Um, Heathcliff and the small boy he lives with, who wears a blue cap, has blonde hair, um, always pictured in a red coat, black pants, and yellow shoes. They're in uh, the lower portion of the comic. Um, looking up, it is nighttime. This time, uh, it's a it's a black sky. Uh, there are clouds in it, but we don't get that weird moon. We get a full moon. Um, the gray, purplish, brutalist buildings are receding into the distance. Maybe we're in a park behind those buildings. It's, it's very unclear. But the point is that Heathcliff and the boy are in the suburbs looking up at the sky at night. And on a broom flying in front of the moon, wearing a witch's hat, is a frog. So, frog witch creature flying a frog-sized broom flying through the sky, passes in front of the moon. Heathcliff and the small boy see it. The small boy's mouth is open. He's providing the caption. And the caption is, First time I've heard a frog cackle. Now, this one makes a little bit of sense to me in... Um, And sort of the joke that Heathcliff, the almost joke that Heathcliff keeps returning to, which is people commenting upon um, relatively small, unimportant aspects of this. Because here we have just this mind-bending series of things like it's not an actual witch, it's a frog, yet it can fly as a witch is seen flying, but witches aren't real, and frog witches are certainly not real, and cackling frogs are not real, and yet it's all there. And when when faced with that, madness would be a completely understandable response. And yet, the little boy's response isn't to call attention to any of this, it's just to call attention to the fact that he's never heard a frog laugh before. Well, first time for everything. Let's move on to the comic. For Saturday, October 27th. It's the last one we'll do this week. As you know, I don't do the Sunday comics. Um, they're multi-paneled. Multi uh, they got the kitty corner at the end. Um, there's just... They're, they're sort of their own different thing. And maybe someday I will. Uh, look at them. But for now, Saturday, October 27th, 2018, the final comic for this week. It's nighttime again. This time the weird moon in front of the cloud is in the background. 
Um, we're in the backyard of Heathcliff's home uh, in a setup we've seen before, which is Heathcliff playing guitar in a rock band um, uh, made up of cats. So they've got Heathcliff on guitar, uh, another yellowish cat uh, behind him somehow, even though they're perched on a fence. Uh, must be a very wide fence because behind him is a full drum set and yellowish cat. And then standing panel right from that is a grayish cat playing an upright bass. There doesn't appear to be a lead singer, but, you know, instrumental music's relatively popular too. Um, Floating around them are uh, musical notes, so just to drive home the point that they are making music. Then fluttering around them are five brown owls. Um, They're flapping around, and they have uh, smiles on their beaks. Below uh, the, the line of the fence, and therefore, I guess, watching from the place you'd normally watch a band play on a fence, which is to say the yard, um, are probably 15 other owls with their backs to us. Their wings are up. They're clearly having a good time. In the top right-hand corner of the panel is the um, window of the of Heathcliff's home where the elderly couple and the young child who lives with them for what must be tragic reasons are looking out. And they're looking out on this scene. The young child is speaking and uh, they're all they're all wearing pajamas. The young child's speaking. Uh, and and he provides the caption to the panel, which is it's a hootenanny. I mean, that's a really terrible pun, you know? Like, it's a pun that's so bad that it's almost okay, but it's not. It's, it's, because it's also not really a pun. It's more of a sort of play on words. Um, puns are, are usually more clever than just that. Like, they usually attach themselves to a couple other things that are happening, um, aside from, like, Owls would go to a hootenanny instead of a concert. Um, you sort of have to wonder, like, why is it only owls paying attention to Heathcliff? Because Heathcliff is usually seen playing for a number of people and or different people. And did did, did he specifically say, I'm putting on this concert for owls? And then did other people show up? And he was like, no, go away because that seems illegal. Um, How did he wind up with only owls here? Why are the owls so happy? Any of these things could be commented upon. Instead, the child, self-satisfied, smugly, just decides to call it a hootenanny. You know what? I've come around. I like it. I like that he did that. 
Well, anyway, those are the comics for um, this week gone by. Um, as always, you can email me anything you like uh, at yourpalgarbageape at gmail.com. I'd love to hear any questions you have for me or thoughts you have about Heathcliff or anything else. Um, feedback on the podcast is always welcome there. Please don't rate or review this, though, on iTunes or Stitcher or Apple Podcasts or Android Podcasts or whatever app you use. Um, it's not It's not your job. If... If I want this to be heard by people, um, there are things I can do to make that happen. Uh, but that's my job. Your job is not to do the search engine optimization for me on Apple so that people find my podcast because you did that work. That isn't your your job is to consume this podcast at most. Or not if you don't like it, you know? We, why is everything now brand management? <laughs> why are we all participating in the act of brand management when we could just be watching a podcast? I mean, like, at no point during television or radio did anybody say, uh, you know go on your TV and rate this. It will help people find out about the TV. And I get, you know, we've got an atomized and, and uh, spread out culture now. But also, it is just doing the work that Apple and um, others should be doing. Uh, if they want the best podcasts to be surfaced, they should have people at their company, whose job it is to surface them. It's not your job. And by making it algorithmic and based off of, uh, you know, the number of people who go and, like, check out the podcast and rate and review it, they just make it gameable. And they uh, make every, every podcast uh, creator... And their fucking podcast with, you know, don't forget to rate or review this on iTunes. It really helps out the podcast and helps surface it and gets it into the new and noteworthy or whatever. Fuck that. Does anybody actually want to become a successful podcast person based off of the fact that they uh, made a bunch of their, their listeners do work for them? I don't. I want it. If I, to the extent that I want it, <laughs> when I'm talking about doing a podcast based off of Heathcliff Comics, um, I'd want it only based off of the actual value that the podcast adds. So, there. That was, that was a lot. Thanks, as always, for listening, and I hope you have a great week. Be good. <laughs>